Blog Talk Radio. Well, you know, we got to do something. 
You know, I got to do something. It's Friday. <laughs> it is that. It is that. Yeah, right. You know, I'm kind of perturbed here for a moment because I'm hearing all kind of airy stuff in my microphone here. I don't know what's going on. I can't find my quote of the day. And then I'm just like, okay. But y'all know I have a quarter of the day by the time it gets to that point. Because y'all know me. I'm I'm resourceful like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're going to work this thing one way or another. But are you ready for the show today? Because, yeah, we discussed this I'm a ready. little bit. So. I yeah, know. I'm ready. <laughs> you ready? Okay. Yes, I'm well, ready. If you're ready and I'm ready, I know the listeners are ready. Oh, wait a minute. Before I go any further. All right, y'all. I know you're ready, but just in case you just don't know how to be a part of the show today, here's how you can do it. Number one, just call us. That's the easiest way you do. Just give us a call, 347-838-8622. And if you want to um, comment on something, just press number one on your keypad. Bam, that brings you into the show. All right? You can email us. It's ericletts, L-E-T-S, talk at gmail.com. And don't forget our chat room is open at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Now, before we go any further with that, let me tell you now, you can come into the chat room as a guest. However, as a guest, you will not be able to comment or do anything else. All right. But if you come in and use a a username of your choosing, you know, you'll be able to comment or or give some um, advice or what have you, you know, and, and we'd be happy with that. All right, so those are all the ways you can participate on the show, and we do look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. <laughs> I may start singing today. Ain't that something? Ah, no, don't me, do but... that. No, whatever. Don't I just that. may start anyway. <laughs> don't do that. Ah, I may to, start. You're trying, to, you're trying to keep, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, nothing wrong with a little song in the afternoon. Okay. You know, hey, if you got the J, if you got the chops, you got the chops. I'm sorry, you know. Some people can sing and some people can't. You know, I'm kind of in between. You in the camp. You in the camp category. (laughs) Say what? You in the can't category. Stay in your lane. (laughs) I'm in, in between. Thank you. No, that's, why you, that's why your show is called Mr. Talk, not Mr. Scene. Come on now. <laughs> oh, <whatever. laughs> anyway, anyway, we 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 gonna ask no more for the peanut gallery over there. All right. Because <laughs> 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 we we may just get the humming up in here now for real. Since I think oh. of a song, I can't. Sing. <laughs> But anyway, uh, let's go get some, some real singing out the way, all right? Um, here's your song yeah. of the day, man. Oh, hush up. Stevie Wonder doing a version of Bobby Hebb's Sonny. Uh, I'll see y'all in about four minutes. Enjoy this music. Yesterday my life was filled with rain Sunday 
snapper as they say sometimes you know i remember i don't remember much from that time but for some reason i remember this song and i i remember living in new york you know and 
there was a guy that you know used to take care of us when my my grandmother used to go to work, and his name was Sonny. <laughs> and you know, I, I just remember remember this song. I guess because of him. And I don't, like I said before, I don't remember remember much, but it was great, man. I, and I always have loved that song. But like I said, that's Stevie Wonder's version of it. There's another version. Um, by the original singer Bobby Hebb, H-E-B-B, and we're going to play that at the end of the show for you so you can hear the original. But, you know, I thought Stevie Wonder did a pretty decent job with it, so that's why I played his first. All right. Now, since we have that all out of the way, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, Anyway, I'm your host, Mr. Talk. You on my show. Let's talk. And I got my co-host with me, P. Ross, in the house. Uh, she was singing the song, y'all. Y'all just didn't hear her singing because I wouldn't open up a mic. But um, she was singing it, too. And talking about I can't I sing, but y'all should have heard her. Hey, it's Friday. Sometimes it's good to laugh. You know, you can only. You know what I, I've noticed though. You can only go through so much pain and 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 hurt in a lifetime before you just have to laugh, man. And if you laugh, it kind of it relieves all that stuff. I mean, that's my theory anyway. Others have that's other true. theories, but that, that, that's, that's how I feel. About it. Oh, why? Well, thank you. <laughs> oh, see. See, I got a little wisdom. I don't have much, many gray hairs, but I got a little wisdom now. But anyway, I told y'all I have a, um, a quote of the day for you today. And I have one, and it's just as simple as it can be. And it, it really um, fits into what we have planned for you on the show today. And that's failure to plan ahead is a, fa- is a plan sure to fail. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Can it get any easier than that? <laughs> that's by Karen Rizzo. What you, what you think about that, P. Ross? You think that was a good quote that fits into the show that today? Good, I mean, that, that, yeah, that is a good quote. Yeah, yeah, that is a good quote. I like that. that is, <laughs> it just says that you need to be prepared. You just need yeah. to be prepared. Because if you, 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 you're not prepared, when the time comes that you, you, you should have, prepared in advance. It's going to be too late when tragedy shows up. There's no preparation oh, time. You are right about that. And talking about chaotic and and and, and oh man, it's just something terrible, especially when you talk about black folk. But anyway, we get to that in a little bit because Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we we gonna get there for real. We going there today. Um, yes, I know. But and before, yeah, we we have a very very um, informate informative show for you today, and um, I, I hope y'all enjoy. Like I say, we may get to taking some calls, and we may not. I, I you know we gonna try. I, I must admit, we gonna try, but I, I can't guarantee any guarantee anything today. But if we don't, I apologize. But we'll make it up to you one day. All right. So, um, as we always do, man, we got some nuggets for you. And I think we got some real, real good nuggets for you today, man. And um, we finna get into those. Because, you know what? I I keep saying I got to have some music. I'm going to find me uh, some music to introduce my nuggets. Because, you know, I I think I'm ready for that now. 
I have progressed that far. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what? If I could feel this good on, on a daily basis, man, I tell you, boy, I'd be a dangerous individual. But anyway, anyway. Let's get started. Um, the jury deadlocks in Cosby trial just says keep deliberating. Now, this is a man I tell you. The jury had um deliberated for like some thirty hours. All right. Thirty hours. And they came back and told the, the judge, look, man, we deadlocked. We some wanna wanna find him guilty, some don't, so we're just tired, you know. And the judge said, Well, that's not good enough. You need to go back and deliberate some more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what he said. Go back and deliberate some more um, and try and reach a unanimous decision. Now, it's amazing because with so much going on in the world, it's amazing how every news station or channel, however you want to say, is mentioning the Cosby trial. And even when they write it up, you can tell what the intention is of this whole thing. Um, and, and uh, what this is, this is a uh, Associated Press, and this is how they wrote it up. Jurors in Bill Cosby's sexual assault trial said Thursday they are deadlocked on charges he drugged and molested a woman in 2004, but a judge ordered them to keep trying to reach a unanimous decision in a case. Now listen to the last the, these next words. In a case that has already helped obliterate the TV star's career and nice guy reputation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If that's not telling you what their plan is right there, I don't know what what else you need to know. I mean, because that is that is it. You know, so whether, and, and it's true, whether um, they find him guilty or not, which they really want to find him guilty, you know, to, to really, really push the thought home, that um the next person to decide they want to step out of their lane, uh, you gonna be dealt with. <laughs> I just gonna put it in the street, the sleep slang. You gonna get dealt with, okay? Um, of course, his his attorneys tried for um uh, motion for a mistrial. The judge said no, that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> not right now, anyway. So um. You know, that's what's going on with that. And, and apparently it's, it, it, the problem is some of the jurors um, are doubting the female story. What's her name? Constan? Yeah. Yeah, Constan. Yeah, Andrea Constan. They're doubting the pieces of her story, which, you know, if you really listen down and, and look at, and listen to it, it makes no sense. It really doesn't. Yeah, Bill Cosby, he, he admitted to it, to giving a Benadryl, a tablet and a half of Benadryl. Um you know, to, to help her relax. Now, being a taker of, uh, of allergy medicine, I guess it depends on who you are. <laughs> I, I never thought about giving anybody any Benadryl to have sex with them, though. But, hey, I guess she had a, 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 a very, very weak system and it just, you know, incapacitated her. But on the same, the same thing, if you're not sure what you have or someone is giving you, why even take it? Why take it? Now, number two, if you even think they did something inappropriate with you after you did that, once you go away, why do you come back? Uh, see, and, and that that would be the issue I would have. Why would you come back? It makes no sense. 
of course, now she says she's gay, so her feelings were really, really hurt, uh, whatever. Um, anyway, so we 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 gonna see what happens with this thing here, man. But the damage is already done to the man, you know. It, it really is. But a lot of experts are saying, however, that um, if it ends up in a hung jury, it is a, a victory for Bill Cosby. It is, you know, he, you know, but. I mean, even even let's let's look at it. Even if he is convicted, do you really think they're gonna send that man to prison for ten years? Now, I mean, really, really. Now, here here's another uh, a quick note on on this case right here. Um, just in case, just in case it does come up as a mistrial or a hung jury, the um, prosecutor has four months, four months to refile. Okay, to decide whether they're going to retry him or just drop the case. And as we mentioned before, the prosecutor in here, he he actually went through with this because he was being he was running for election and, you know, he had to make himself look good. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was just it, this is just outrageous, man. And it, it, there are more things going on in the country and uh along this level and we're gonna get to it we really are and like i said we got time so if you in a rush i'm sorry because we're gonna take our time with this stuff today um and like i said this was out of associated press and here's another um uh, uh way they put it as far as um what they're really trying to do to bill cosby the case has already helped demolish his image as america's dad cultivated during his eight-year run as kindly Dr. Cliff Huxtable on top-rated The Cosby Show in the 1980s and 1990s. Now, listen to the terminology, demolish, right? Demolish. (laughs) Ooh, wow. Obliterate. You know, these not not little little easy words. You know, they're, they're making a statement using these terms right here. You can believe that. Um, for anybody who's reading it, you know, they, they you can believe that. And, and it's just <sighs> outrageous, outrageous, in my opinion, of course. You know, some other people may say, well, yeah, he deserved what he's getting. But, you know, uh, uh, um, there's so many holes in that story. Um, and, and then you have the, the some of the other um, um, people who, women who um, have uh, accused him on the outside of the courtroom, you know, doing whatever, picketing or whatever they call themselves doing. Um, and then you have Gloria Allred, you know, the all-female lawyer who anytime a female is in trouble, she jumping in and trying to get some money for somebody. Um, she had to be kicked out the courtroom a couple of times. So, you know, it, it's just more of a circus than anything else. But that's the way we run things in this country, I guess. You know, I don't know. I mean, this is my opinion, of course, as I always say. You know, you may have yours, and that's great. I have no problem with it. You want to know more? Hey, go and, go and do some research on it. You'll find out whatever you want to find out. All right, P. Ross, what you think about that? I know you have some very, very um, <laughs> strong comments about that, so go go ahead with it. <laughs> Um, when we look at the at the, at the words um, obliterate, which which simply means to utterly remove for recognition or memory, you know, to utterly to completely destroy, so that nothing is left. So, like you say, you know, if, if that's their goal, then there will be nothing for him to come back to. My question is though, 
what is their motive for getting rid of him? I mean, what what who did who did he piss off? What did he de- what what line did he step across, or what line did he step out of? You know, to make all these people these many years later, you know, three months or two months before the statute statute of limitations ran out, you know for them to file these charges against him after all these years. That man almost 80 years old, 80, like 79 or and now And now yeah. you wait. And I mean, he, and, 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 and during the time when they filed, he, he wasn't on, on a major show. He wasn't on, you know, on TV. I mean, he wasn't even, you know, a heavy presence, you know, in the media at that time until this came up. So, what really is the underlying reason for them to go after him as strongly as, you know, as they have? <laughs> See, if you can't, I guess if you can't kill them, destroy their reputation. I don't know. I don't know how it works, you know, but, <laughs> but, but evidently there's more to this than meets the eye. And, again, like you said, she came back, and I really have a problem with that. You came back all these many times after you say this man violated you, you know, and it was so disgusting that that now you're gay, you know, but at the same time you requested, one report said that even after she came back and even, even in her testimony, um, she got tickets for her and her family to go to one of his shows. I mean, if somebody violated you and, uh, and, and you so distraught as you claim to be right now, why would you do that? Why would you spend all these number of hours contacting him and talking to him on the phone? I believe, like his attorney said, you you were in a relationship with the man. The man know he was wrong, number one. He was married. He'd been married to Camille all these years. So what you doing outside your marriage, see? You know, so, so, so two wrongs never make a right. But it seems that now he's the only one paying the consequences. She has already been paid off. So maybe mm-hmm. she just figured, you know, um, okay, that money's gone now. I need, you know, now I need more. Well, hey, you're not getting anything. I don't have it or whatever. But now, so you want to make a public spectacle out of him. But the the truth of the matter is you look just as foolish as he does. The only mm. difference is your career won't, you know, you don't have a career to be destroyed. You're making mm. a name for yourself at the expense of somebody else. That's, mm-hmm. that's that's the way I see it, you know. Of course, she's gonna have a book and and all of this and a movie probably and all this other stuff, you know. So <laughs> usually, what happens, you know? So it's you know, yeah. Again, you have to look and see what what is the underlying motive, you know, for this under- at this time in his life. Well, the underlying motive was. I don't know. It was fine as long as he was making money for NBC and those in those individuals like that. But see, Bill Cosby attempted to buy NBC from General Electric. Okay, oh. and uh, yeah, see that that's where the biggest thing came from, and that's when all this started started hitting the fan. You know, because they first they had to find somebody that that was willing to go against um, Bill Cosby. You know, and they right. found a little. Uh, they did. They the did the um, research. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then they had to find that they found um Hannibal Barris, you know that 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 comedian, you know who, mm-hmm. who put it out during 
stand-up um, routine, and that's when everything mm-hmm. started flowing in. But yeah. you know, I, 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 it's really funny though, and, and it's funny, but it's not funny. But if you look at some of them females, man, I'm like, Bill, really? I mean, even looking at some of them, you know, trying to imagine them at a younger age, Bill, really? Really, Bill? That's the best you could do? <laughs> I mean, Janice Dickinson? Really? Golly. You know, and, and it's sad. But once again, it, 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 it goes to show that it doesn't matter how high you think you are. When, when the system uh, or uh, those in charge are ready to teach you a lesson, they will do it. They will do it. Yeah, when the powers that be. When the powers that be, yeah. You know, they they do not mind turning their back on you and and coming after you. If you don't believe me, look at OJ. And Tiger still hasn't learned his lesson yet. So, (laughs) you know, Marcus learned his. He just got out the limelight. I'm talking about Marcus Allen. You know, he was OJ's best friend. Yeah, but um, he Oh, he got out. He got out of the um. He got out of the limelight real fast, real, real fast. So you know, it, it's one of those things where you have to be careful. But there's lessons there, and, and you really have to pay attention. And that's why I always say, see, a lot of people always go, "Well, I just want to be equal." No, because if you're equal, they still have something over you. I want to be better. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm pushing to be better. You know, that way you can't, well, you know, you can't touch me anyway because um, God got my back. But anyway, I'm saying on this little place they call Earth right here, you know, it, 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 hey, you got to have your ducks in a row and be ready because they're going to come. They're going to come. As soon as they assume that you are stepping out of your lane, as we like to say, um, they're coming. And there's always, always, always an example to be made and shown. So it is what it is, man. Bill. You know, if you you know if you get through this, hey man, just go on and and chill out with Camille and you know do your little fat Albert, hey hey hey, you know in the house and everything will be all right. <laughs> you know, give the Lord thanks that that you ain't you're not behind bars running from them cats and everything is okay. All right. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that, but anyway, yeah, but that's. <laughs> Eighty years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. All right. You know what? I'm not even going there, though. I'm not even going there because it don't matter when you get behind them bars. <laughs> that that's a trophy right there. But anyway, let's move on because that's going to the wrong place. <laughs> All right, y'all. Steve Harvey. Once again, Steve Harvey is in trouble from something he has said, and. It's interesting. He had a call on this show, and he made a joke about um, the water in Flint, Michigan, and everybody is up in arms about it. I mean, they are really, really mad at him this time. Um, And before I – you know what? Before we go any further, I'm going to play the clip so you can actually hear it itself, and then we're going to come back and and talk about it. I already know how my co-host feels, but she doesn't know how I feel, so this is going to make it real good. Ah, all right. So here's the clip. Steve Harvey um, on the Steve Harvey Morning Show talking to some caller. All right, here it is. Steve, <laughs> calm it down. All right, you're, you're out there now. You're over the edge. <laughs> Reel it in, man. <laughs> Go ahead and apologize, Steve. Go ahead and apologize. 
what you just said. I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about the city of Flint. I would talk about him. That was a, the, the clip, and uh, if you really couldn't hear, because I know you had you, you know, the um, engine motor was going. Um, there was a caller from Flint, Michigan. All right, and um, they were talking about the Warriors went over Cleveland, and you know um, the caller basically said Cleveland didn't deserve Jack, and of course you know Steve Harvey said that the city of Cleveland needed to win and deserved to win, so forth and so on. So at the end, you know he made it. He took <laughs> at the end. He said, you know, he called him say. Um, Enjoy your brown glass of water. And that's when they started apologizing and stuff like that. Now, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and let my co-host get hers in first. Because uh, <laughs> this is going to be good. Go ahead, P. Ross. I- I'm-, I'm giving it to you. Go ahead. Um, you know, those, those, those people are in, um, in Flint, Michigan, in case people didn't know, they have lead in their water. And the city is, has been um, trying to work it out, trying to work it out where, where they can clean up the water. And as we all know, that lead causes, you know, deformities in children and, 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 and developmental issues and all of that. So taking that into account and taking that and, and, and taking it in, 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 into to the fact that it's mostly the black community that these things usually uh, affect for him to make a, a, you know, a callous statement as that enjoy your brown water, you know, and forget where you, where you come from, you know, and, and, and that's, that's my issue with it. That's my issue with it. You know, you know, God opened doors for us. He blesses us. And Steve Harvey always giving credit to God for doing this and for doing that and, and all of this stuff, you know. But if you're going to be about it, then, then really be about it and live it. You you can't just stomp on your on your lesser man because you get mad over a dog on game because your team didn't win. Come on now, let's be real. What kind of foolishness is that, you know? These 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 children are suffering. These people are suffering. Instead of you being a man, you know, uh, uh, and saying, hey, 
how can we help this situation? Or even if we if we can help, then let's empathize with the people. You know, I mean, God put us in places and positions, you know, for us to be a blessing to to those who have less than us. Yeah, and I know y'all say, oh, it doesn't do it. He was always saying that. Well, yeah, because that is that is what the words say, and that is true, and that's how we should be living, not making a joke of it. You know, it's it's not something to be to be laughed about because if you think about what if that was your child, what what is what if what if those were your people, see your relatives, you know, it really wouldn't be funny then, you know. See, so I I don't I don't, I don't find it, you know, I don't find it hilarious to tell somebody, you know, uh, enjoy your brown water, and, and and you know that these are. Issues and these are concerns that are beyond these people' control. If they had a choice, nobody would be drinking unclean water. You know, we can have this this blood water, you know, um, initiative that goes to Africa and all the other states. While over here is people in our own country that's that, that's suffering from non-clean water, and some people as Americans take it as a joke. That's inconscionable. You know that is just inconscionable, and I don't I don't find it funny at all, not at all. Okay, now that's what my co-host says, and that's how she feels. And okay, <clears throat> now I understand where you come from, co-host. However, uh, now maybe I have a warped sense of humor, but you do. I, 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 yeah, okay, I admit it. But I, I'm looking at it like this. You know, number one, you're calling into a show that is known for jokes, okay? It's known for jokes. Steve Harvey is from Ohio, Cleveland. I don't know where. He's from somewhere up in there, all right? So uh, I'm saying, you know, this is what his show is based on, jokes, jokes, okay? So, you know, I I think what happened here was everybody was just just a little bit too – maybe it's just too too early to to say stuff like that. But I personally – uh, um, I didn't see too much wrong with it because I, I took it as he was telling a joke, you know, like him standing up on, on stage telling a joke. Now, I think what is going on, though, in, in actuality is, as you mentioned before, you know, he, he comes on um, early in the morning and, you know, before he goes into whatever he's going to do for the day, you know, he, he plays his gospel music and he goes ahead and, 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 you know, give thanks to God, so forth and so on. And then, you know, he kicks in. Now, some people would say, well, you know, that's kind of contradictory or, 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 or he's being a hypocrite. But let's let's look at it up front of us. That is his job. That's what he get paid to do. I, you know. That's what he get paid to do, um, you know. And and I I I I, I think people sometimes are just a little bit touchy. And maybe you're right. If it was affecting me a little bit more, maybe I would be a little bit more perturbed about it. But however, I really, really, really don't see you know what the big snook snook about it is. <laughs> I don't know where that word came from. It just came out. But I, I really don't see um, you know what's really wrong with it. He he's a comedian. He told a joke. You know that was the same thing about um uh, what that what the little white girl name was holding the head of Donald Trump, um um Kathy Griffin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was the same thing. She's a comedian. What the heck? She's a comedian. I mean, really? Where was all all the um 
um, 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 all the outrage, you know, when they were showing um, Obama hanging from trees or pictures of him, you know, burning underneath. Where was all that? So, you know, it's like, you know, it's either one way or the other. It's one way or the other. And really, that's not the way it should be. But these people are comedians, okay? And that's what they get paid to do. That's what they keep paid to do. Now, you know, whether or not, you know, it's tasteful, well, you know, some, I mean, let's be honest. Um, 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 who, who? Let me see who I'm talking about. Red Fox. Um, um, the the red, I forgot the red, the guy with the red hair. He was a comedian. Uh, they, they told some raunchy jokes. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what these people get paid to do. That's what they get paid to do. So, you know, before we get, start getting all up tight and saying, you know, what we sh- what they should have said and what they should, hey man, look, that's what they get paid to do. That's how they they make their money. All right, that's how they make their money. And and pretty much it comes down to this little simple thing right here. If you don't like it, turn it off. I, 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 they can't get any simpler than that. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be saying it like that, but it's the truth. If you don't like it, turn it off. You know, I, I and but I really didn't see anything too much too wrong with it. But hey, that's just me. That's just me. You know. <laughs> oh, you ought to see the switchboard. It is lighting up on this one. Um, oh Lord, I don't know if we should take these calls right here because this is gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, let's see what they have to say. You ready to see what they got to say about this, P. Ross? You know, it's one for one right now. So, but we yeah, gonna get to our main topic. Yeah, 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 we can, but I don't agree with you either. Just so you know, <laughs> I know you don't. Agree. <laughs> My I, 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 I really don't. You just, yeah, mm, well, it's America, and in America, and America in this country, you could feel like that. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, he get paid to do that. She got paid to do yeah, it. He does. You know, he, does he does get he does get paid to do that. But come on, mm-hmm. Dad. These these well, you already know how I feel. These these are people I mean, so, still too. So, uh, you know. what you, okay, let let's put it in these terms. It, it's just too early to tell jokes about that right now. That's what you're trying to okay. say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, all right. Let me let me let this first caller get their their say in real quick. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Uh, Mr. B, what's going on? Yes, Mr. B. All right, Beasley, nothing, man. What's going on? I know you got something good for me, so go for it. Um, at first, that's the first time I actually heard. I heard what happened. I heard there was backlash. Uh-huh. But that's the first time I actually heard what happened. I mean, I heard you know exactly how it happened. At first, I was going to say it's just a comedian that made a dud, distasteful joke, like Bill Maher. Because that's what Bill okay. Maher did. He, he he tried to make a joke. He's a comedian. They're cutting edge. I guess Bill Maher is a little more cutting edge, or he has more room being, right. uh, you know, on HBO. As Steve Harvey does his being on terrestrial radio. Steve Harvey just made – Steve Harvey's a hypocrite, first off, and he's like a major – Simp and his simpiness, and he's cooning a lot. That the the you know he he acts he talks like a he talks like a buffoon on Family Feud when he's not a buffoon. 
though he's portraying himself, well, I don't know about this and this and that, but that's not how he's playing a role as a buffoon when he's actually a, a pretty sharp dude. He, if he wasn't a sharp dude, he wouldn't be in the position that he's in. And Lord knows that he's hardworking. But he made a poor – it didn't sound like he was trying to make a joke. It sounded like he was trying to get nasty with the dude. Yeah. Like he was offended or that mad that they lost that he wanted to be nasty with the dude. Didn't sound like a joke. Didn't this sound, if you listen to his tone, it sounded like it was like a, a, a shot. And he's trying to get nasty with the dude. I know people that know him. And they say he's nasty like that. Mm, okay. But I'll tell you who it is. The, it, it's, a, it's a friend of mine who's friend with this guy, Nephew Tommy. And Nephew Tommy does prank calls, real funny prank calls. And I forgot who Nephew Tommy's with. But he does these prank calls, and they're funny as hell. And they called up Steve Harvey and prank called him. And Steve Harvey just started cussing them out. And it was hilarious. But, uh, no, he can be a little nasty. I don't think it was a joke. I think he was trying to be nasty with the guy, and it wasn't funny. And, yeah, that's, 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 that's a stupid thing to joke about as well because as much publicity as it got, everybody knows about that. Flint and how horrible it is you got a, 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 a city here in America that has lead in the water because of neglect. And I guess it's also extra insensitive because it's poor people. Exactly. exactly it's extra insensitive because it's poor people. It's not happening exactly in wealthy communities. And poor people, and there's not a lot of hope in Flint. I just was looking at Flint while you guys were talking about it. The population okay. each census since 1980 has been shrinking. That's because the GM plant, the GM plant was there. Employed 80,000 people. There was 190,000 people that lived there. Mm-hmm. They closed that plant to where it's 8,000 people working. The city shrunk in half. That makes a big difference. That's all. Even all right. sensitive. Well. You guys say he gets paid to make jokes. I don't think that was a joke, and if it was, you shouldn't be getting paid a lot. You shouldn't be getting paid long. <laughs> He'll be all right. Yeah, that that well, see that that is a good point. He will be all right because <laughs> yeah, it's his show. Right. But, uh, all right, Mr. Bees, I'm gonna put you back in the queue, man. All right, all well, right. thanks. I, that, you know, I appreciate it. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, that's a good point. That was a good. Okay, that's two two against what he said and my one. Let me bring this next call in. All right, uh, triple one. Welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Lady, hello. Hello, Miss Lady. Hello, hello. Well, it's gonna be three against one this time. (laughs) In our opinion. (laughs) Okay. And I agree with the other two callers. It was not funny and if he meant it to be funny it was not to me. Um I I get the cryptic humor but you know, um, it, it really wasn't funny. And I'm going to tell you why you can't analogize that to Donald Trump, you know, the suburb kid, like Kathy Griffin. Because the people in Flint, like Beasley just stated, were 
are poor people. They have no control over what runs through those pipes. They didn't make the decision to have that uh, that those dirty pipes remain, uh, and so that they could be contaminated with lead. They have no power. They have no influence. On the other hand, Donald Trump has money. He has power. He's the president of the United States. He has influence, and he can make things happen. He yes. can pick up the phone and make things happen. In fact, you know, he has made things happen that affect, you know, so there's no analogy there in terms of, you know, the effect of of Steve Harvey's so-called, quote-unquote, joke and Kathy Griffin holding uh, a dummy head of Donald Trump up, a severed dummy head. Kathy Griffin was up there crying you know, uh, talking about how her career turned with China and how she was really forced to apologize um, so that she could save her career. I don't think it would have even, um, Steve Harvey still would be on TV if he hadn't apologized. Because, see, to make fun of poor black people is is okay, really. By a lot of people. I mean, they probably thought it was funny, too. So that's pretty much what I want to say, that, um, that there's just such a difference in that. Mm-hmm. And um, he really shows how little he cares about poor people. They don't have to care about He can make fun of that's people. Because that was an indirect hit at poor people. Uh, then, hey, that, if that's who he is, that's who he is. And because you think your blessings come from God doesn't mean that they always do because there's evil entities that will bless you too. Well, yeah, that in is fact, true. If you're, doing, if you're doing their bidding and if you have them promote their agenda, uh, you'll get blessed even more. Yeah. I'll yeah. bypass those blessings all day long. Okay. Exactly. Me too. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you, Miss Lady. We'll get you back in the queue as well. All right, so it's three against one. It's three against one. All right, all right. I'm still sticking by my guns, though. It was a joke, y'all. But, um, you know, talking about Flint, you know, <laughs> see, I gave you that, that piece of nugget first before I come to the other piece of nugget I got for you. Um, there have actually been some indictments in Flint over the Flint water um, uh, mess. Now, I guess that's the best word I can use right now, mess. Now, see, I had it right here. Huh? Say what, fiasco? That's a better word? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. How about poisoning? Okay, how about poisoning? That's better. That's better? (laughs) Poisoning? Okay, all right. But anyway. Yeah, it is. Now, see? It is. uh, This thing upsets me. Now, see, what happened is they they, they haven't charged, actually, a whole bunch of people in uh, Flint over this thing. Um, actually, mm-hmm. as of last Wednesday, they actually um, indicted some people. Oh, here it is right here. Officials charged with involuntary manslaughter for Flint water crisis. Um, the Michigan Attorney General Bill Shute charged five officials with involuntary manslaughter Wednesday over their handling of the water crisis in Flint, Michigan. 
um, that led to the poisoning of among Flint children and 12 deaths connected, connected to an outbreak of Legionnaire's disease. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 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 The defendants, all high-ranking members of the city and state government, are Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Director Nick Lyon, former Flint Emergency Manager Darnell Early, Flint, former Flint Water Manager Howard Croft, and Leanne Shecker Smith and Stephen Bush of the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality. Uh, additionally, Dr. Eden Wells, the state's chief medical officer, has been charged with obstruction of justice and lying to a police officer. Um, it says that the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services knew of the Legionnaire um, outbreak in 2015 and even told the governor's office, but said it wasn't a serious problem. Michigan Governor Rick Snyder who has insisted he moved to take action to fix the problems with Flint's water as soon as he learned of the danger, defended all the state employees um, by saying Director Lyon and Dr. Eden Wells, like every other person who has been charged with a crime, um, are presumed innocent unless and, and until proven guilty beyond reasonable doubt. That's what that man said. Now, now see, now here's my take on this. You know, you indict, you you charging all those folks. I think the governor should be um, charged too. I really do, because he knew about it, and it really didn't nothing get done until when, until it hit the fan, right? Yeah, until it, it, it hit the fan, and you know, and, and you know, he knew what was going on. Let's just remove the whole government. You know, let's just remove everybody. <laughs> Maybe that 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 that'll do it. Just remove everybody and, and start all over. You mm-hmm. know, so. There is some some hope somewhere in Flint, Michigan, because somebody's been tried. I mean, charged. Of course, we know just charging them doesn't constitute a conviction. But let's hope. All right. Now, you know, I, I wasn't gonna get to these stories um, um, yet, but I, I just something just came across um, out of Chicago. Two girls have been shot on a school playground in the Peel Hill neighborhood of Chicago on Chicago Far South Side. Uh, the shooting happened about 1.51 p.m., that's Central Time, on a playground at Joseph Warren Elementary School at 9239 South Jeffrey Avenue. The girls, ages 7 and 13, were both taken to Comer's Children's Hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. And uh, the 7-year-old girl was shot in the right thigh, and the 13-year-old girl was shot in the right hand. Persons of interest are being questioned. Now, <laughs> all jokes aside, this is this is horrendous. It, 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 it's, wow, you know. It, it, I, P. Ross, tell me what you got to say about that, because I'm I'm like I'm speechless at the moment, because you know, oh my goodness, man, you know, uh, and they're at school. They are at school on a playground, on a playground. Really? Children. Children. And, 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 you know, they came in playing in in peace without having to worry about getting bullets, getting uh, straight bullets coming around, getting shot. I mean, hitting them. And, you know, man, wow. Wow. And the only thing they say, I guess it's still developing. So we're going to try and keep you up with that. um, But that that is something sad. That that is really, really sad. Um, Shootings, though. 
you know, it, it's amazing how, you know, we've not one but two, two shootings. Well, the third one here. But it's interesting. After what went on in London last week, then this week we turn around and have, um, you know, shootings here in, in the United States, which is very interesting being that um, – both um both um shooters are dead. So we don't know what the real reason behind it was, but you know me y'all. I, I y'all can say I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist and I, I'm looking at this and uh, something just ain't right in the water, especially with this 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 Republican thing here, the, this Republican shooting. Um so with everything that's going on with the Republican party um, that's not going right, such as you know this this Russian investigation and you know them not being able to pass anything they want to pass, even though President Obama is out of office, so forth and so on. And now all of a sudden, guy walks up after he talked to a couple of people, asking who was practicing the Republicans of nation. They said the Republicans. Okay, so he walks up behind third base and starts firing. Now. And then, of course, the the security guard, the security force that's with um, Scalia, I mean, not Scalia, whatever his name is, um, shot, shoots him eventually. Um, now, all of a sudden, the Republicans go from being scapegoats or, or the bad people to the victims. The victims. You know, and, and we've seen this before, y'all. We have seen this before. You know, I, I it just doesn't smell right to me. I'm sorry. It does not smell right at all. Um, you know, now everybody talking about, well, you know, we you know, we need to put away partisan ways and come and work together. Let me tell you something. It's never going to happen, all right? It, it's never going to happen because they're not going to do it. Um, here's a prime example. Uh, Representative Steve King, all right? He's a Republican. Obama partly to blame for climate that led to Scalise shooting. <laughs> really? Really? Republican Representative Steve King said Wednesday he partly blames former President Barack Obama for the divided political climate that he argues led to the shooting of House Majority Whip and three others on a baseball field in Alexandria, Virginia. I do not. I do want to put some of this at the feet of Barack Obama. Why? Why? He contributed mightily to dividing us. He focused on our differences rather than our things that on thing our things that unify us. And this is some of the fruits of that labor. <laughs> and if the if the culture is going to be divided, it's been divided core back to there and if it's going to be united it's going to be united all the way back to the principal solidarity which i speak to occasionally as close to the individual and as close to the people that's close to the individual which means family first is where it needs to be <laughs> now that's what this guy said. So we, we see now the, the unity is not going to happen because there's always going to be some of those that's just not going to um, go fairly. Now, as far as placing it at the feet of President Obama, former President Obama, oh, I don't even want to say his name now, um, 
No. Now, I must admit, when he came in office, we sure saw a lot of, lot of divisionists up in, in Congress, though. We really did. And it wasn't because they weren't, he was passing horrible laws. Now, don't get it wrong. Some of them weren't that great. But, you know, others were okay, I guess. But here, <laughs> here is the catch. You know, um, as we noticed as President Trump was doing his campaigning, uh, all kind of nuts started coming out of the, the, the um the the, the the works out the, the you know the cracks and things like that and what they're saying you know make America great again so in in a lot of their um, ideas America was great when we were um, <laughs> you know prohibition and uh, um, Jim Crow uh, you know things of that nature that was when America was great to them to them all right those individuals now. As far as what's going on now, you can look at it two things, two ways, two ways here. The Republicans, they, they want to change the narrative of the country uh, when it comes to concerning them from being the bad guys to the victims now. They're the victims. And you also have to remember, you know, we still got this thing about gun control going on. So it's going to be more, you know, stuff talked about gun control, I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, NDAA. A.K.A. Myrtle. Oh, okay, um, so you know, be a lookout. Be on the lookout for this because it, it's it's coming. It's coming. This 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 thing is coming. Um, Co-host, you there? <laughs> I'm just rolling. But yeah, you there with me? I think you you having yeah, some difficulty I'm there. there. I'm, I'm oh, okay. Yo. I'm there. I'm just listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, go ahead. But you do have a valid point about the gun control issue because that that had well we already knew when uh, they had the shooting, you know, on the baseball field that they were going to bring that issue back up for whatever reason, you know, and it's 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 just a means to an end because if they can control all the firearms, then whoever has the power, you know. They have all the control. See, you know, they say we got a right to bear arms, but if they can change the laws where, and the Constitution, if you look at it, has already been changed, but nobody is paying any attention to that. You know, laws are being rolled back, rights are being taken away, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is nobody is saying anything about it. You know, oh, we'll be safer. No, you, 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 you won't. You'll be more vulnerable because we're moving closer and closer to a, a socialist, a, a socialist society than we've ever been before. You know, and and everybody, you know, seems to be okay with the quid pro quo. If you do this, I'll do this. You know, if you can push this through, then we'll push this through. You know, and and nobody's really looking at how it is affecting you know the country as as a whole. See, not just you know the 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 top, but the 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 the, the country as a whole. Not just the, the poor people or the the vanishing middle class, as they want to say it, but the country as a whole. Because when it when it when it all goes down. When it all falls apart, it's not going to be one class of people. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be the entire country. 
is going to be the entire country. And you and you're talking about make America great again, but you're giving all our mineral resources to somebody else. So you wonder mm-hmm. why um, is 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 less and less metal products and less and less you know um 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 what do you call it ores you know being made you you know more and more we're seeing plastic stuff because we don't even we don't even own our own mineral rights anymore but who knows this stuff who researches who bothers to find out who bothers to protest it you know mm-hmm. that's why you know right. there's this work to buy up gold see you know every other country their wealth is founded on gold what is America's founded on? It's not gold anymore. You know, and you can't cut down pine trees forever because eventually, you know, that's a, you know, it's a renewable resource, but look how many years it takes. Mm. And if you keep clear cutting and clear cutting, eventually you're not going to have anything left. Mm. See? <laughs> so, and what, and, and what happens when, when, when the dollar you know, substantially declines, where even the yen is even more than, than the dollar, when it doesn't even have any any value anymore. See, no, nobody's looking at that. Nobody's looking at, you know, the whole scheme of things. You know, these laws are enacted. These rights are being, you know, taken away, you know, and everybody is going about their, you know, their regular lives like everything is okay. And you really, you know, you, you really don't know that the debt that America in is, is, is rushing this country as a whole into being a third world country. Look how many number of homeless there are now, you know, and, and, and people want to say, well, well, you know, nobody in America is hungry. You, you a liar. Yes, they are. Cause you even see it on TV all the time. You hear it on the radio. There are commercials about well, your neighbor next door to you, you wouldn't even know that they were struggling with a hunger problem. You know, hmm. they're trying to talk about the food. They, but let's not even talk about the quality of the food anymore because we don't even know if our food is real or not. <laughs> Unless we're really growing it ourselves. We have no idea what's being put in these food, in this food from the hormones to the to the antibiotics and everything else. If you read the ingredients on some of the cartons, you know, you're looking at it like, wow. You know, so so you know, just looking at it as as a whole, when you're talking about making this country great, really, really, are we really making it great? Are we trying to make it, you know, conducive to what a few people in their ideology think is great for them, and not concerned about anybody else? So you know it, it 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 it's really subjective, and, and and you know we have to be careful, you know when we just allow the powers that be to make all of our decisions for us, you know, and nobody's speaking out and no voice is heard. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's good to blame Obama, you know, like they say, you know, in in the Bible, you know, in in the, on the Day of Atonement, there had to be a scapegoat. You know, so all the hmm. sins and all the you know was 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 passed on to that to to that goat, you know, and they the priest laid the hands on the goat, you know, and they sent him out of the camp. See, so now they sent you know Obama on, sent him on out of Washington, and now everything that happens from this point on is your fault. 
not to mm. mention the state that he got the country in when he got it from the bush. See? Mm. So nobody's mm. talking about that, the trillions and trillions of dollars of debt that we were in. You know, mm. see, all the military, you know, our young men and women and all these foreign countries with no date of ever coming home, the Iraq war just going on and on and on and on with no real reason to be over there to be fighting. In a country mm. that didn't want us there in the first place. See, so so let's not look at the real issues. Just look at the Republicans so-called being persecuted now, you know, as you say, becoming the, the playing the victim role, you know, because, you know, y- y'all elected this person to be president, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You put this puppet up here who says anything, does anything, and by his own words, divides the country himself mm. and all mm. of his followers. So, mm. you know, we can't blame Barack Obama for that. It's been here. It's always been here. And it'll remain here. See? Very good. The further, the, the, the further we get away from our foundational teaching on why this country was established, it was established on the word of God. It was established on in God we trust. It was established because people ran away from from England to to establish a, a place where they could serve God freely the way that they wanted to. And now they've thrown him out of everything. He has no part. So you have the alternative. You, you reap what you have sown. So the enemy has all right to come in and just create chaos, and that's exactly what is happening. Whether you believe it or not, you don't have to agree with me. You know, you don't have to get agree with my theory, my philosophy, or whatever you want to call it. But that is where we are. That is where we there are. God has blessed. God has blessed America. See, but like May said last week, you know, America refuses to bless God. So hey, this is what you get. This is the fallout. This is the fallout, and you can blame people in as much as you want to, but this is the fallout from laws, mm. un- ungodly laws enacted in this country that was founded on the principle of the Word of God. That's just it. Hmm. Mm. Woo! All right. Well, then, uh, I think enough has been said on that. She cleared it up. She took it. And she knocked it out of the park. Home run. All right. I don't need to say any more about that. Y'all heard what my co-host said, right? I agree. All right. <laughs> Great job. Great job. Um, yeah. Yeah. I could have said it like that. Um, you know, I'm reading some comments in the in the chat room, man. It's really, uh, we got a nice little conversation going on in there. Um, you know, uh, about the NDAA, you know, the North, North America Defense Act, you know, uh-huh. which uh-huh. past year, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a nice conversation going on in there. So if y'all want to drop by the chat room and check it out, of course, I don't know what they're talking about right now. Y'all okay, I know. All right, so you know, that's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Y'all want to get in the chat room and, um, you know, chat it up with the, with the crew in there. Uh, yeah, this is good stuff going on. All right, we got one more before we get to the main topic. Like I said, we got time, man. We got time. We're not rushing. We're not rushing at all today because um, this is the last one. And I see I got a couple of people with their hands up. So let me go through this last one real quick, and then we're going to roll through. We're going to get y'all um see what you got to say. All right, um, Qatar. 
agrees to a $12 billion deal for U.S. F-15 jets amid Gulf crisis. Now, see, once again, once again, <laughs> woo, you know, this this sort of like the Saudi Arabia deal. You know, you stand up there in front of the world and say this country is a sponsor of terrorism. This country is doing this and this country is doing that. But yet, yet, $12 billion and send them some F-15, 36 of them. But this has been, uh, this was actually done last year. And it was supposed to be in a minute, 72. Yeah. Um, valued as much as $21 billion. Of course, it had to be um, authorized last week, this year. So, but see, this is so crazy because, and this goes to show how, how what you say, it's a game. It's a game they're playing with us. You know, they get us all upset and high, you know, about these little countries that they're doing this. But yet we sending them, we sending them fighter jets. Why? If they're sponsoring terrorism, stop dealing with them. Stop dealing with them. And then what? <laughs> and you know what this country had to say? This was so funny. And when I read it, um, they they actually went on to say Qatar's defense ministry said the deal would create sixty thousand jobs in forty two U.S. states while reducing the burden on U.S. forces. How do they know that? How in the world do they know that? How many jobs is going to create here in the United States in exactly the amount of a certain amount of states? How do they know that? Just bogus, man. It's bogus. That's why we got to stop falling for the okey-doke. You know, we, we, we need, really need to stop falling for the okey-doke because it's just outrageous. That's all I got to say about that. You know, I just want to read that to, to, to show you that, um, you know, it's just bogus, man. It, it's, okay, I'm calming down. I'm calming down. All right. Yeah, first it was Saudi Arabia, nice Qatar, and next, you know, we'll be sending some stuff to Iran that nobody's, you know, going to say anything about. It's going to be done under the table. And, of course, you know, you got all these shooting going on, so everybody is um, concentrating their, their Looking at that right there, and as you see, we send this stuff to the to, to countries that we swear are our um, terrorist strongholds. Makes no sense, but that's what we do. That's what we do. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, you know, because that's just who the American people are. All right, the American. Well, I'm sorry, not the, the American. Um, these people up there that run the country. That's who they are. Not the American people. We just gullible. Well, some of us are gullible. Others aren't. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have to clean that up real fast. Um, so, with that being said, uh, are you ready? You ready? So we can get to the um, <clears throat> um, get to the main topic of the day. Uh, are you ready to mm-hmm. have that conversation? You know, yes. are you ready to have that conversation? Yes, yes, right. yes, yes. Okay. So, what we're gonna do? We're gonna play this little clip real fast. Um, it's about eight minutes, and it's going to really um, bring us into what we're talking about. And um, from there, we'll go from there until, hey, it's over with, you know. So without further ado, uh, where's my clip? Where's my clip? Where's my clip? All right. Here's the clip talking about taking care of your parents. All right. Be right back. Forty-two million Americans are currently caring for aging family members. 
All this week, we'll be introducing you to local families facing challenges from choosing the right care to managing finances. Tonight, we look at the toll that caring for elderly parents can take. WGBH News reporter Gail Huff has more. All right, let's, let, let's go down right here. Evelyn Rawson is excited to pick up her 85-year-old mother and spend time with her. Today, the two Evelyns are going out for ice cream. Let me get your walker out. This lighthearted day is a far cry from the stressful days they used to share when they lived together. Evelyn was the primary caregiver for both her parents, who lived in her house during the past 15 years. Her father was first to get sick with colon cancer and then dementia. It can be so consuming. Um, you know, my father had many illnesses that were quite serious, that were life-threatening illnesses. And I was bringing up a family at the same time. He died four years ago. But a short time later, her mother developed a tumor on her neck and was diagnosed with lymphoma. Evelyn took care of her at home, too throughout the chemotherapy and treatments. The overwhelming sense of responsibility. I basically felt my mother's life is in my hands. But after landing in the hospital's emergency room several times with dangerously high blood pressure, she realized the stress of caregiving was killing her. I learned to like push it down, push it down, push it down. And what I think happened finally after like 14 years of this, push it down, push it down, the blood pressure started to go up, and um, the anxiety got so that I couldn't control it anymore. I was taking uh, a anti-anxiety medication every day to function, to, to keep it together. That's when her doctor referred her to a psychiatrist who prescribed a special caregiver's course at Massachusetts General Hospital. Here, doctors see firsthand how caregivers are affected by stress. Insomnia, which I think is the number one. Uh, it could be anxiety, it could be depression, it could be hypertension, it could be irritable bowel syndrome. To treat the symptoms, Dr. Ann Webster uses yoga, cognitive behavior therapy, and meditation. People are too busy worrying about everything. They can't get, they can't fall asleep, they can't stay asleep. And, um, you know, they're popping too many pills. Research shows that caregivers are more likely to have higher levels of stress hormones, weaker immune systems, which lead to more sick days, and higher levels of obesity. At the same time that Evelyn was caring for her parents, she was trying to raise a family and work. Were you resentful when you had to give up your job, career? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was difficult. And, and part of that, I, I just expected that once I raised four children that I was going to have a chance to have my life. I tried being selfless for 15 years and after a while it gets old. I always have a problem with the right side of that walker. I don't know why. With her health deteriorating, Evelyn's doctor told her to find another place for her mother to live. She found an assisted living facility in her hometown. Her doctor also said to go back to doing things she enjoyed. Tell me about the therapeutic value of, of being able to work on quilts like this. Working with my hands, doing things with my hands is very soothing to me. Now she's off almost all of her medications, and her relationship with her mother is stronger than ever. Now I don't have this anxiety, this guilt, because I know she's being cared for by, you know, uh, professional people 24-7. I'm at peace. 
Well, my first guest can relate to Evelyn's story. Ellen Goodman is a syndicated columnist who has written about caring for her elderly parents. Welcome, Ellen. Well, your story led to something much bitter, but just what happened with you and your parents? I think that the my story with my mother, like the story that you saw, saw as part of the longevity revolution. You know, 60 isn't just the new 50. 60 is the new caregiver of the 85-year-old. Mm -hmm. uh, we're dealing with a lot of this. We are not alone. As you said, for me, the hard part was really... Dealing with my mother, she deteriorated in her late 80s and 90s, and she was no longer able to decide what she wanted for lunch, let alone what she wanted for medical care. Mm -hmm. And I became her medical decision maker, and I was shocked at finding myself, I was pretty blindsided by the kind of decisions that I had to make. And it wasn't really until the end of her life when I realized I was not alone. And that there were so many of us who, particularly at the end of life, were trying to make medical decisions, and we had not had a conversation with our parents about how they wanted to live at the end of their lives. So we were often left guilty and uncertain about whether we had done the right thing. So now you've started this thing literally called the Conversation Project, where you encourage people to start a conversation while your parents are still lucid. They still have their thinking faculties. Yeah, it's always too soon until it's too late. <laughs> we started the Conversation Project as a public engagement campaign to make it easier for people to have these conversations at the kitchen table, not in the ICU, yeah. with the people that they loved so that they would know and be prepared for uh, making decisions as the time, when the time came. And that's been, we have a conversation starter kit, which really helps people think about what matters to them. And it's not a scary medical one, but it talks about values and what's important to you as you uh, yeah, approach you say the conversation the has to be not what's the matter, but what's matters. I'd like to also bring in Dr. Eric Weil, who helps oversee primary care at Mass General and encounters these situations every day. Is this become more and more common, Dr. Well, the, the situation where people feel that they have to take the, the parents into their homes? They don't want to put them in assisted living. Or they don't, it, it, part of it is a guilt situation. Part of it is, well, I've got the means, I've got the room, I can do it. Is that is it become more common? Well, I don't know that it's become more common, but there are uh, the, the population has aged, and so there are more people that are finding themselves in this type of situation on a year-by-year -year basis. Uh, and I think that people make decisions that aren't necessarily informed ones, uh, and they make assumptions that caring for a loved one is, um, is easier perhaps than it actually is, both mm -hmm. from an emotional point of view, a physical and a financial. Do you actually give advice to people? I mean, all, you part, part of all the time. Um, most primary care physicians are, are well versed in having or facilitating these discussions uh, and it's not uncommon for patients to come into the office with their children or quite frankly with their spouses who may be actually losing some of their own functions mm -hmm. to have just these conversations. Well that's the problem. Except I mean, even, that yeah, in, in fact only 17 percent of people in Massachusetts have had these conversations with their doctors. And uh, we did with a survey with their doctors. Yeah, yeah. We had a survey that said that 90% of people know it's important to have these conversations, and yet only 30% are having them even with their families. So we're trying to 
close that gap. <laughs> well, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, uh, and if you don't have a strong relationship with your primary care physician, sometimes that's not the place where you're comfortable starting it. Now, the goal is if you have a good and tight relationship, that's a person who can help facilitate, but it doesn't always work mm. that way. It can be important, but it's also true that families changed the way we give birth in America. It wasn't that the hospitals necessarily said, oh, please come in and, you know, let's have the the husband with a video camera and the baby in a bathtub, you know, it was really families that said, this is not just a medical moment in life, it's a spiritual moment, it's a human moment. And so if we can have people having these conversations before there is a crisis, at the kitchen table, it will make it all much yeah, you know, easier for survivors, too. I don't know if this was your case, too, but some of these things are so incremental. They, 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 they sneak up on you, and before you know it, you're dealing with a parent with diminished capacity in terms of you know thinking straight and that kind of thing. You think, Wait a minute, I haven't had that conversation yet, and then you realize you can't really get through to them in the way that you, you could have. So often by the time you have that convert by the time you actually think about having that conversation it, it is a little bit too late and so i think that's why the resources that you're putting together that you're offering to people to actually go through a process of doing this are really really valuable and we make it pretty easy it's not <laughs> always it doesn't have to be that hard and it can make can be one of the most intimate conversations you've had in your life mm. not just a really hard medical one. Yeah, and it's also because it involves finances and, you know, end-of-life issues and all those. All right, we're going to be continuing this series all week. Dr. Eric Weil, Ellen Goodman, thanks so much for Thank coming. You. Thank you. All right, and as part of the series, we've collected information to help you choose the right care options. We've also drawn on our own experiences to share advice. Here's WGBH News' News' Linda Pollack, who shares her story of caring for her dad, who was a World War II veteran. What we learned later in his life, late into his life, was that he qualified for benefits from the Veterans Administration. That meant that for the last few months of his life, we were able to get home health care free of charge to come in and look on him three or four days a week, which allowed him to stay in his apartment until he died just a month ago. You can also see my advice to caregivers and get information about support services at WGBHnews.org. All right. And that is where we are right now. And that's what we're going to be talking about, that conversation. That's the title of the show. Are you ready to have that conversation? And uh, being uh, drawn on personal experience, you know, um, within the lags, Mm, say at least eight years I've lost someone each year so um, it's it's very interesting and you know as you go along you learn certain things you know from the first one to the death you know it's hard because you're running around trying to figure out until you know the last one where you've already figured out what needs to be done and the, the the big the scariest thing is to have someone pass away and not know what they want or they haven't put anything down in writing and now you have a big cluster of everybody reaching in trying to get this trying to get this you know you trying to and it's just crazy and and chaotic that's a better word it's chaotic so 
you know, me and Pete Ross, you know, we was talking about, well, you know, what what can we do to show on? What can you do? And she said elderly. I said, okay. Um, but, you know, we were throwing um, ideas at each other. You know, then we came, both came up with the same one, like, yeah, that's it right there. So, uh, yeah, we, we're going to talk about what, what you need to do to prepare um, ahead of time, you know, for if you, you have elderly parents, you need to have a conversation with them. You know, what, what are their wishes? Um, you know, is there anything in particular they want to do with property or, you know, even uh, uh, nursing home, hospice? Um, do not resuscitate or, you know, um, power of attorneys, you know, things like that, that as we go along our, our everyday um, action, we, we really don't think about it. We really don't think about it until it's too late. And the, the, we need to have the conversation. So we need to get not only your parents, but yourself. You need to sit down and start thinking about this stuff and put it down in writing. It's not like it's, it, it has to be permanent, but at least you have something in writing just in case. Because nobody knows when they're going to die. Let's be honest. Nobody knows that. So as long as you have something in place, you know, that's better for your family. Everybody knows what your wishes are and, and what you, um, you're supposed to do. You know, the biggest part of, of, of having um, especially a parent um, die or anybody is who's going to take care of, uh, of the estate. If, if they're, they're the only ones, who's going to take care of the estate? You know, and trust me, that is a big headache. That is a big headache. You know, the um, executor, you know, you, you have to be know what to look for, and you have to be able to protect not only yourself, but, you know, uh, your siblings or what have you, because if you just leave it in the hands of one or two executors, man, they can do whatever they want to, and, and everything else is out. Because you got some shady lawyers out here. Now, let's be honest. They, they are shady, 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 shady. Okay, I I know from one they're shady. All right, so it's better to know what you already have in place, what needs to be done, and, and you know have a family attorney or somebody you trust to, to go ahead and and go over the documents with you, and, and, and you know make sure everything is in 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 order, in order. Yeah. So with all that, I'm gonna bring my co-host N.P. Ross. She she can explain yeah. this stuff. I tell you, um, I'm getting a little emotional, so I got to step back for a moment. Go ahead, darling, and let's do this. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, we got plenty of time. Go for it. Yeah, it's a lot of things that um, when we when we when we are talking about um, um, caring for caring for the elderly, um, we know that at at at, at this current time. Um, I think they said the average, and I did the research yesterday, um, they are, are 42 million elderly in, in the United States. Now, um, that's 14% of the population of the United States. And furthermore, uh, it also stated that they were living longer than, than, than they were, you know, even – you know, five, ten years ago. So with with, with that being said, um, you know, when we're looking at caring for our parents or we're looking at caring for, for loved ones, we know that we have assisted living facilities, but, you know, 
you know, if you don't have the means, those those places are pretty, they can can be pretty expensive. I know here in the state of Florida, the average cost is between three thousand and four thousand dollars a month, and that and that does not include the 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 care for Alzheimer's for if your parent has Alzheimer's or you know that that extended care that that they would need. The average um, Social Security disability for um, a person. Um, who's retired and able to receive um, disability at 67, the average monthly income is only $1,360. So, um, you know, that's that's a long way from, from looking at, you know, accommodations for an assisted living facility or on, on, on just that alone. So they have, you know, insurance for Indicare, Indicare Life. They have... Um, different programs that you can go through through your insurance company, you know, and they have these different plans. They have plans now where you can budget and you can pay for assisted living facility, you know, for your parents. That insurance will cover that if the need arises that you will that you will need that. Furthermore, um another thing that, that is real popular and that the lady um um, mentioned in in the clip was the fact that um, a directive, you know, um, if they're sick, what are the plans that you have? Is there a do not resuscitate? What is what is what are their desires, you know, for their care in the event that they are not able, you know, to care for themselves? See, um, who's going to make that decision? Who's going to be responsible for that, you know, and, and, and are you going to be able to carry that out? I know we say, well, you know, I'm tough, I can do it, but when that moment comes, you know, are you sure you're going to be able, you know, to make those decisions and, and stand by what your loved one is requesting? See, so look at, looking, looking at, at, at all of that. And and I'm just understanding the magnitude of, you know, what it is to care for an elderly adult. You know, mother, father, you know, um, even a sister or a brother, you know. Um, you know, those yeah. are decisions that those are decisions that 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 need to be made while they're yet living. We can't wait until the the you know, okay, what are we going to do with mom? You know, mom's not any you know able to care for herself now. We need to be having these conversations, you know, now while they're able to have those conversations and make it clear what their wishes are and who they desire to do that. You know. Um, it's not an it's not an it's not an easy subject to talk about, but it's a necessary one. It is a necessary one because let's face it, all of us gonna get we keep living, we're gonna get older, you know, and we know what it is that we desire for our own selves. We know, um, you know how we would like to be cared for. Why leave it up to chance, you know? I mean, you know, you say, well, we're young, we think we're going to live forever. That's, that's really not the case. That is, nope. I can tell you, that's, nope. that's really not the case, you know. 
you know. So you, go ahead. Yeah, let, let me get in here for a minute. You know, and, and uh, I'm pulling from personal experience. Um, you know, it, it, it's very uh, one of the most difficult things is when you have a parent or just a loved one, um, period, that's um, in the hospital, you know, they've been sick a while, and they're on respirator. Um, yeah. You know, when when who's going to decide when um, enough is enough? Who's going to decide? You know, usually if once that it gets to that point, the doctors will come in and ask um, whoever is in, in charge if you have a power of attorney. See, that, that, and that's where it gets gets sticky at because you know uh, you go in and say you don't have a wife, no kids, you got a girlfriend, and what have you, um, and that's all you have. So it gets really sticky because no one is really able to make that decision. And it becomes really, really hard. It becomes very hard. Uh, you know, and as far as the DNR, do not resuscitate. You know, that is a very, very serious conversation to have. Uh, you know, because if you, 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 if, if you if you stop breathing and they resuscitate you, you know, some, some doctors feel or some people feel that you're interrupting the process of death. Okay, let's just put it put it that way, um, and that's why a lot of people do choose DNRs. Do not resuscitate. Um, you know, me and P. Ross had this conversation earlier, uh, and it was you know we were saying, you know, yeah, but you know, how long do you want to see your 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 loved one laying up in the bed, uh, uh, you know, with a tube going down their throat, and the only thing keeping them alive is a machine. Now, right before they. You know, and you have to listen to some of the things that that, that your your parents or your loved ones are telling you while they're going through this process. Um, and one of the, the the biggest one of the terms I have come to realize meaning that that it, it's close is I'm tired. I'm tired. You know, and uh, once once that statement is made, you need to start preparing. You you really do. You need to start preparing. That's why you shouldn't wait until the last minute to have any of this stuff done. You know, get with your parents, your loved ones, even yourself. Get with your children. If you have children, you know, uh, adult children now, get with them and, and start working on these, these things. Because once it is, the process starts, it's too late. It's too late. Okay. And like I said, I man, I have been through it. Trust me, I know. It's too late once the process starts, if, if everything is not in order. Um, if you have uh, the funeral home, you want to um, take care of your body, what have you. You know, have that written out. Uh, you know, who you want. If you've got a favorite watch you want to leave to someone, put that in, in a document. I mean, have everything written out. Have it written out. You know, have it written out. That way, there's no doubt about it, what your wishes are. If you don't want to be resuscitated, if you don't want to be on, on, on the tubes or what have you, do a DNR and also put it in writing. So there's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, this is kind of a gory, sad-like come thing to be talking about, but it's something that has to happen. Also, parents are going to the doctor to see the physician. You need to start going with them. All right, because um, because of the HIPAA laws, 
unless they say you can, uh, they can be told, you can be told what is wrong with them, the doctor can't tell you. I mean, it's a violation of law. So that's another thing you have to look at, bank accounts. Uh, you know, you know, once once your parents go, what's going to happen to their bank account? Who's going to who's going to manage that? You know, who's going to uh, notify the certain companies? Who's going to notify the companies that you know um, my mother has passed? And uh, you know, what you you know, when are you coming to pick up the vehicle or whatever you're going to do with it? You know, these are the conversations that need to be had. Need to be had. That where there is no doubt whatsoever. Nursing homes, hospice, and like the lady said, if if you have veterans in your family, that's even a, a little bit more uh, stress that that can fall on you. You know, you start need to start looking into that now. You know, d- does the veteran wants to be buried in a veteran cemetery? You know, does he want to be put on buried in his uniform with his with his awards? You know, these are the things that we have to talk about now, because. Like P. Ross said, you know, eventually we're gonna leave here. We we are gonna leave. That's guaranteed. That's guaranteed. We just don't know when. You know, so um, that's why I got. To talk. Are you ready to have that conversation? Because it's a conversation that needs to be had. You know, you don't have to jump right in and say, "Hey, mom, if you're gonna die, uh, uh, you what you gonna leave me?" No, 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 no. Don't do it like that, y'all. Don't do it like that. Okay. You know, just start asking questions. You know, start being more active in, in, in your parents' life. And one thing you can't do that um, happens a lot as, as parents get older and kids begin to become more involved, do not treat your parents as a child. No, they're still your parents. They are still yeah. your parents. You know, I understand if their mental capacity begins to diminish or what have you, okay, but you still don't treat them like a child, you know, because they are still your parents. You know, even if if if, if you, um, how can I say, estranged from your parents, uh, what have you, you know, maybe it's time to, to take a look at that relationship as well. I say, well, you know, I, we need to do something. You need to do something because once the parent passes or, or someone passes, it, it's, it's man. I'm telling you, you don't think it's stressful. Oh my, oh my God, I, I can tell you. It will break the strongest person down because it's just it's a whole lot of stuff coming at you at one time. At one time. And and it's just overwhelming at times. Overwhelming. So, you know, like I said before, when you get when you you get to do it, it's time to have a conversation. You know, it is really time to have a conversation. And, and, you know, that that I, I cannot emphasize that more. I, you know, I never thought I'd I lose my mom at sixty something years old. I couldn't feather that in my, in uh, at all. You know, lose my father at sixty something, lose my stepfather at seventy something. Really, really, it, 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 it's just hard. You know, lose my brother at forty eight. Nah, it's hard. And, you know, these things you have to have in place. You have to have it in place because, it, 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 you know, everybody wants to get things done right away, right away, right away. Insurance policies, where are they located? Where are the wheels located? You know, these are the things. You know, who do you, what company are you dealing with? You know, all the policies paid up. 
You know, what are the contingency plans just in case none of that is in place? What what are you going to do? You know, that 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 is the stuff we have to consider now. You have to do it. Go ahead, P. Ross. I know I just wanted to get that little bit in. You know, the yeah and you know and 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 when you have the written documents when you have the will or whether you have properties you know sometimes a will ain't gonna always do it i mean at least you do have that but what my grandmother did you know before she passed she knew she wanted my mother to have the house so she already deeded it into my mother's name now what that does is it eliminates the argument. It eliminates the argument of who's going to get the house, who's going to get this. No, it wasn't no argument with the brothers and sisters because it was already in my mother's name. It was her house. So there was no reason to go to probate court. There was no reason for it to be, you know, or, or what have you. You know, all of those arguments, you know, were eliminated. Because let, let's face it, you know, brothers and sisters, when there's more than one, you know, you always feel somebody always, no matter who they are, somebody always feel like they're getting slighted. You know, they always go, oh, mama like you, mama like you better than she, mama never did anything. You know, just foolishness. This person done going on. You know, this person is not even here anymore. So so what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? You know, and, and it, 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 it makes no sense whatsoever, you know. So these documents allow all of those frustrations, all of, you know, those things to be eliminated, you know, because you got everything, you know, you got everything planned out, you got directives the way everything is supposed to go and how it's supposed to be done. So there's at least no room for any argument. And then you know that come what may, you know, this is what mom would have wanted, this is what dad would have wanted, and you follow those things, you know. And and, and like Mr. Talk was talking about, you can't wait until that person's in the, in the hospital. Like with, with, with my mom, they wanted to make, they wanted me to make the decision of whether or not to put a feeding tube. My mom was 82 years old. To give her a feeding tube, that wasn't a decision that I was going to make, you know, because I hadn't, I hadn't been home in, in, in years. And it, I just didn't feel right making that decision. It wasn't up to me to make that decision. I wasn't one of her caregivers. So there was no way that I was going to say, oh, well, yeah, go ahead and do the surgery. No. You you guys have been caring for her all this time. You guys have been there with her. You Who would know better, you know, what she would desire than, than, than the ones who have been there? See, so so I wasn't going to make that decision. Now, now, did it cause a lot of animosity? Well, yeah, probably, because nobody wanted to step up to the plate and make the final decision. See, so with these types of documents, with these things written down, it eliminates all of that and, it, and, it, and alleviates the stress that you go through. We just heard the lady say, you know, the daughter was gaining weight, she was getting depressed, because she was trying to do everything for her mother, you know, but yet at the same time, she wasn't living her life. And the fact that the matter is when, when, when people do that, when they do that, you know, sometimes they become resentful. 
you know, you know, and and then your you, your loved one is not getting the best of care because you're not all the way there. You're not all you're not full in. You know, you you're doing it like she said out of guilt. See, and 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 that's never a good thing. That is never a good thing. So you know, if we have those directives, we 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 are able to follow the plan and to follow the instructions that, you know, our loved one desired to have. And and the thing about it the the, the thing about it is, is is this right here. Whether we agree or not, if that's what they wanted, if that is what they desired, then that's the way it should be, regardless of our own personal feelings. Oh yeah, you know we 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 ought not you know be you know so intent or so selfish to say well mom really wouldn't have wanted that um you know well I want to be cremated and I want my ashes thrown you know over the ocean or or whatever okay well I don't believe in cremation well what did she think is this what she wanted then that's what you'll do see so. You know, it's it, it, it's just that simple. You know, I know everybody don't agree, yeah, yeah, but if that's what they want, and, and you know, and, and and we really should be wanting to adhere to the, to their final wishes. You know, it's it's easy to say what we desire, but you are not that person. That, that <laughs> it's not it's not your decision. If that's what they put in writing, that's what they wanted to do then that's what should be done. And you'll find that in the end, it is the best for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, it eliminates all the arguments. It, 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 it eliminates, you know, all of the disagreements that come up. And, and y'all know we do it every time somebody's passed. Somebody's looking to get their hand and what did they leave me? Sometimes that's what it's all about, you know. So, you know. If we have those directives in place, if everything is in writing, then there's there's literally no confusion, you know, or there should not be no confusion as to what should or should not be done. Yeah, that that is that is so true. And, and here's here's another interesting thing. Now. Uh, Nothing is guaranteed, of course. We know um, there have been cases where families have contested wills and what have you. Um, okay, what's all that? Some families have contested wills, and, you know, they've been fighting. And, well, for, like James Brown, in the case of James Brown, in fact, you know, uh, where his family you know, took them years, you know, they're fighting over, you know, this and that. Um, but you, you have to have the conversation. You have to have the conversation. I know after my mom passed, that's the first thing I did when I got with um, my dad and stuff. Start asking questions. Where's this? Do you have this done? You know, make sure this is done. Make sure that is done. You know, and it, it, it's a learning. When it when it first happens to you, it's a learning experience. It opens your eyes like something never before, because you never realize that much has to be done. Um, once it once once um they're gone, they're gone. Let's just put it that way. Once they're gone, so um you 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 learn to take steps beforehand. You know, have a living will, have a living will, have more than one beneficiary just in case. 
you know, where there's plan A, always have plan B. And just in case, maybe a plan C. You know, all that way, everything is taken care of. Um, and as I mentioned, the HIPAA laws, you know, um, that that is serious. Um, the HIPAA law bars medical practitioners from releasing medical information to anyone, even to the spouse of a patient, without a release. Okay? Without a release. Um, you know, uh, you may well ask why the healthcare proxy isn't sufficient. There are a few answers. First, the healthcare proxy is a springing in that it doesn't get activated until unless the patient is declared incapacitated. Second, while the healthcare proxy may only name one person at a time, you may well want a much broader group of people to communicate with medical providers. The agent may not always be available or may not be the first person on the scene. Now, here, here's another interesting uh, piece of information. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if that person is married um, or have a significant other, uh, and, and they are, you know, on the paperwork, and they have the, the, you know, they're the only ones who, had, you know, the dying individual gave the right to make the decision. You know, don't don't cause any more stress on that person than necessary. You know, I had to learn that the hard way. You know, because you may see one thing, but it, it's another to to just uh, let somebody go, especially if you spent. 40, 50, 60 years together. They have been sitting there, you know, it's hard just to let them go. Um, you know, some family members are like, well, I don't like seeing them laying up there like that. What's taking so long? Why don't you just make the decision? It is not your decision. It's not your decision. If it's not, your name is not on that paper, that will, or, or the, you know, the, the HIPAA release, then leave it alone. Leave it alone. You know, it, it's just that simple. It, it's, you know, and sometimes we just make things harder than it has to be. We do. Um, especially in the black community because we're so busy having barbecues and going to church and whatever. We we never sit down and really think about it until it's too late. It's too late. Then we're scrambling trying to find all this paperwork because as as our, our parents and our loved ones um, have gotten up in age, you know, They've forgotten about if they even have it or not. And we don't have that conversation. So once they're gone, you know, everything is up in there. That's like taking a stack of papers and just throwing it up. Where they fall, low well. And that's the way it is if you don't have this stuff in, 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 in already done. Already done. Um, nursing homes. You know, before you, you make sure you're going to check these nursing homes out, okay? Check out their their their. their, their yeah, you know, check out their references, you know, talk to people who have uh, family members in there. No, don't, don't talk to the staff because, you know, the staff, most of them tell you, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Talk to the individuals that have their family members in there. They're they're more apt to be truthful with you than the, the staff will. Um, let me make this request. All right, y'all, we got four minutes left in live airtime. We will be going in overtime for a little bit. So if you're not on the switchboard, you need to get here, 347-838-8622. Once again, that's 347-838-8622. And for those that won't be able to um, continue with us over time, the, show, the rest of the show will be archived, so you can always come back and listen to the um, the remainder of the show. Okay? Well, and thank you for listening. <laughs> Appreciate it. But, yeah, um, 
as I was saying, you know, make sure you go in and check these things out, you know, because all nursing homes or hospice, you know, are are not just, you know, uh, um, are good places. And also, when you when you're making these talking to your parents, see if they, you know, and because a lot of parents, a lot of people want to die at home in their bed. You see, so you know, yeah. make sure that's written. And also make sure and see if they're eligible for hospice care at home, you know, because there's many programs out there that will uh, go ahead and, and and help you with that. There they are, you know, but if you late to the last minute, you know, it's just hard. It's hard. Um, you know, this is a hard subject for me to talk about, okay, because as I told y'all before, it's just been wild here. I ain't going to say wild hard, but these are some of the things I have learned. I have learned, and, and you know, uh, now my stuff is in order, you know, just because, you know, if if you know every nine every year you know go back and review with your parent you know you know is this still the way you want it you know because they may change their mind you you never know they may change their mind and so go back and review and if it need to be updated update it that way there's no doubt whatsoever want your what your loved one wants you know and parents even parents hey have the conversation with your kids you know, hey, in this world, uh, like earlier, the two little girls in Chicago that got shot on the playground, you just don't know. You, you just don't know. So, you know, it's better to be prepared than not prepared. You know, Lord help us, if the, you know, nothing happens, you know, because I really don't think no parents should bury their child. I really don't. But, you know, this is the world we live in. It is the world we live in. So we have to be prepared <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. We have to be prepared. And in the African-American community, we know we're bad about this, you know, um, and especially now as more of the, the elderly are dying off, um, um, you know, um, you know, the, the, the younger generation coming up now, they're not well uh, financially. They're not. So I've seen um, – uh, what is it? GoFundMe pages to help bury this person or that person. It shouldn't come down to that. It really shouldn't. It, it really shouldn't. You know. So um, parents, you know, start talking finances with your kids. You know, hey, hey, hey. There's never, never a late, late time to do it. So why not start earlier? You know. And at the same time, you go back and review what you have uh, um, already down, or you start working on yours as well. You know, hey, make it a family project. Yeah, make it a family project. <laughs> you know, and then compare notes. You see, I mean, this is an idea. That, that you know, that's an idea. You know, P. Ross, what else you got for us? That's it. That's it. Just just being aware. You know that that, that this is a topic that you know we 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 really we really need to to address. Um, more sooner than later, you know. More sooner than later. Yeah. I mean, we we, neg- we neglect things until, like you say, we're right at we're right at the door. We're right at the door of it, and then everybody's running helter skelter. You know, everybody, everybody's emotions are all involved. You know, and it's too late then. It's too late then. So while there's a there's a there's an atmosphere of of calm and reason, you know. 
where you can sit down and 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 discuss it, you know, um, sanely, for lack of a better word, you know, so that when the time comes, hey, yeah, you're gonna be grieving, yeah, you're gonna be hurt, yeah, you're gonna be at a loss, but the paperwork and 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 the most important things are all have already been dealt with, which will definitely make the process a whole lot smoother for everyone involved. That's it. Yeah, and you know that 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 that's it, man. I tell you. Um, and also pay attention to your parents, man. You know, um, our parents. You know, a lot of times they'll be sick and don't feel well, and they won't tell you. You know, especially if you're just calling them on the phone. Yeah, baby, I'm fine. You know, and there's a steady losing weight, what have you. Start paying attention to that kind of stuff. You know, because you just don't know. You just don't know. You know, they may be a, a, a sign or a weight gain. You know, I know um, my father, you know, he started um, gaining weight from, you know, water, you know. And, uh, you know, the more they tried to get it off, the more, you know, it just came back. So, you know, that's some of the signs as well. You know, and, and I, as I mentioned before, one of the biggest statements I have heard each one of my loved ones make, I'm tired. I am yeah. tired, you know, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's, it's almost bone chilling when you, when you hear, hear those words, when I hear those words now, it really is, um, because that means it's not long, it's not long, you yeah. know, um, you know, seriously talk about DNR, um, even, even when the, the, the rescue comes. Let's say uh, someone uh, passes in their sleep and you call the rescue, you know, because once they get there, that's one of the first things they're going to ask. Do you have a DNR? You know, before they start trying to resuscitate them, you know, and and, and like I said, a lot of people, especially um, medical people, feel that, you know, uh, once they have passed already, you resuscitate them, you're, you're interrupting the process of um, passing on to the other side. Um you know, so it, it's a lot, a whole lot to 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 uh, have to deal with and to know about. Um, you know, and there's there's resources on the internet that you can go and read and um, you know research and, and and find out exactly where you are and what you need to do. Um, you know, this this just it's hard. It's hard to make to have this conversation. It really is, but it's a conversation. That needs to be had. Definitely. There's no doubt about it. It needs to be had. Um, you know, if not, well, you know, you do what you're going to do. <laughs> do what you're going to do because, hey, I've been through it. Trust me, I know. It's hard. It's hard. You know, or, or you know, um, as, as the kids, the kids, you know, y'all get together, you know, come up with a plan and, you know, what's going to happen. You know, if, if mom passed, dad passed, you know, who's going to take care of what, who's going to do this. You know, so you already know there's there's no, you know, guessing or waiting for this one to do this or, you know, and things falling through the cracks. Always already have a plan. Already have a plan. That way, you know, everything will run smoothly and, and you can, um, 
put your your loved one in the in ground and you know with respect you know and and, and it, you, know, you get on <laughs> i hate to say you get on but yeah you know and, and you could go back to living to the best of your ability <laughs> oh man that sounds wrong but that's the way it is that's the way it is all right. Well, P. Rush, you ain't got anything else for us? That's, That's it. it. That's all about. Okay. Well, um, you know what? We forgot to go. We forgot to cover a couple of things. Um, the Mississippi. Mississippi. That's yes. what we got. Yeah. We got. Miss- yeah, Mississippi and Ferguson. Yeah, we did forget that. Um, <laughs> Ferguson, Missouri. Y'all know where Mike Brown was killed and um, where Mike Brown's senior pastor has died from a heart attack at age 34. Now, why would this be that important? Well, it seems that all the activists that were involved in that case are coming up, you know, are dying. Are dying. dying. (laughs) Yeah, they are dying. And, you know, yeah, most people say, well, it's a heart attack, but yeah, but yeah, at, at the, you know, man, at I don't know about that. At thirty-four. Yeah, at thirty-four. I mean, not to say it's not possible, but yeah, <laughs> you know, this is a man that had received over seventy-one death threats. Seventy-one death threats. You know, yeah. so yeah, you know, it, you know, it, it is, it, it is just. It's dangerous out there for us right. now. Lee, you, he yeah. used $160,000 of his personal savings and all the money he had put away for his children to transform an old auto shop into a church. Into a church. And they burned it down. They burnt it to the ground. You know, um, the night the protest was going on, they burned it yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, it, it's something going on, and the same in Mississippi. It's even man, it's even worse in Mississippi. Um, oh my, they found a, another man, black man, hanging in a tree in his own yard. In his own yard. Now the police want to say the man um, 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 committed suicide. That's what the police want to say. However. Yeah. The neighbor across the street says it's hard for him to commit suicide if his hands were bound. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, he said he used a, a, a drop cord. Uh, I didn't load that, that clip up. He said he used an electrical drop cord. You know, and um, if you go to YouTube and, and put in black men aren't safe in Mississippi, um, you'll see the where the... Um, the neighbor is taking the new Black Panther representative over the, to the tree and explaining exactly what he found. Um, <laughs> uh, just on the sidekick, um, he was married. He was he was messing with a white girl when this happened. So I mean, and the neighbor made sure that was known. Okay, um, there's some some question about you know her statement to the police as well. You know about when she said she was there, and when the neighbor said she was there. So, you know, um, it's crazy. And then, in another instance, there's a, a black guy whose head was cut off, decapitated, and right. placed on porch. Somebody's porch. Placed on porch. Yeah. 
yeah, somebody's porch. And then not a mile down the road, they found his body, the rest of his body burnt to a crisp. Burnt yeah. to a crisp. Yeah. So now, let's take a look at this. You know, is this just coincidence or is there something bigger going on that is just being ignored at this time? Oh, those are are some of the questions. I mean, this is this some suspicious stuff going on. <laughs> it really is. You know, you got activists dying in Ferguson. You got this going on in Mississippi, and this is not the first time in Mississippi they have found someone hanging in their own yard no, in the tree. It's not. It is not. <laughs> now you can't tell me that that many black men are um, um, committing suicide. I, I just can't see it happening like that. You know. Um, the police, their their line is maybe someone is trying to send a message to a person or a group. Huh, you think? Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, is, that is what yeah. they said. I thought that was uh, kind of funny, too. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, the New Black Panther Party, you know, they hosted a rally um, on the 14th at the Mississippi State Capitol Building, you know, to demand justice. Um you know, and the national chairperson, Crystal Muhammad, has vowed to keep a presence in Jackson until the truth comes out and the criminals are prosecuted. And I can tell them right now, they're going to be there a while. <laughs> I hate to say that, but they're going to be there a while because I don't think they're going to find them, you know. Um, the New Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, along with other concerned people of the black community, the new African community are calling for justice. Yeah. Uh, for Philip Carroll, the guy who had his head cut, we are here to stand yeah. for justice. Jeremy Jackson, she said, in seven days we have had two lynchings in Jackson, Mississippi, and we are here to do an on-the-ground investigation to find out the facts of what is actually taking place here. <laughs> Woo! Went on to say, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, if you don't believe that racism is alive and well in this yeah, country, you are denied. <laughs> and uh yeah so that was going on in, in in those two cities um you take a look at that bill cosby uh man i tell you <laughs> it's scary it's scary it's scary you got to stay prayed up ain't that what they have to, the, the old people tell you baby you yeah. got to stay prayed <laughs> baby yeah, you got to stay yeah, and it seems like the more and more um, this stuff happening, hey, you, you're right. I don't care who, what religion you are, stay prayed up. You know, that's your choice, uh, you know, but stay prayed up. <laughs> oh, man, I was going to go somewhere, but I'll leave that alone. All right, well, you can get up out of here. I guess it's just me, you, and uh, who's this? Oh, okay. Yeah, there's just three of us here, so. Everybody else will catch it on um, the archives. Um, so what you got for me the last words before we get up out of here? Well, we talked about a lot today, you know, and and we just have to have a healthy respect for human life. You know, I think that is diminishing here in, in, in this country. You know, we lose respect for people. We lose regard, you know, for that 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 person's life, even from as we started off with the Steve Steve Harvey comment, the more we belittle people, the less we value them. And if we devalue people, then they become less than human. You know, 
let's not take it back to the to the to the days of slavery, you know, when we were deemed to only be one third of a person. See, you know, so so we we as a community, we as as not even as a human race, you know, we have to understand the value of of what life means. You know, if somebody laid that, you know, Christ laid down his life for us that we might have life, you know. And if somebody is willing, you know, was willing to do that, you know, why disregard the gift that has been given? You know, so, yeah. Mm. That's all I got to really say. All right. That's enough. That that <laughs> You hit it right on the head there. Um, hey, I'm, I'm telling y'all, uh, first I want to thank everybody, everybody that um stopped by the show to listen. I do we do appreciate um your patronage and hope you continue to listen to the show. Um if you have anything you want to shoot me, you know, as far as a a, a topic or if you even want to be a guest on the show, just shoot me an email at Eric Let's L E T S talk at gmail dot com and we'll see we'll go ahead and work it in for you. Um let's see what else we got. Um well I'm trying to find out if there are any updates to the shooting in Chicago, but I don't see anything hasn't popped up, so you know, maybe we have something more on it Friday, maybe Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Just remember my last word is just remember, man, have that conversation. Uh with your parents, with your siblings, with your kids. You know, have the conversation. You know, kids, you know, the kids may say, I don't want to talk about that. Say, yes, we need to talk about that. Yeah, we really need to talk about this because, you know, when when time comes, it just may be too late. (laughs) Yes, ma'am, it may be too late. All right, we're going to get up out of here. I'm going to go and bowl me a 300 tonight, Lord willing. All right, so just remember, keep smiling. Show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. If you laugh at yourself, everything else is groovy. All right, man, until Monday, uh, 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, 1 Mountain Time. This has been Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk, with my co-host, P. Ross. We want to say have a nice weekend. We're going to see you out here with the original Sunday by Bobby Hebb. All right, y'all, we see y'all Monday. Y'all have a good one. We out. Yesterday my life was filled with rain Sunny You smiled at me and really eased the pain Now the dark days are done and the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true I love you Sunny, thank you for the sunshine you gave. Sunny, thank you for the love you brought my way. You gave to me your all in all, and now I feel ten feet tall. Sunny, one so true, I love you. Thank you for the truth you let me see Sonny Thank you for the facts from A to Z 
my life was torn like windblown sand. Then a rock was formed when we held hands. Honey, one so true, I love you.